0: And Welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. I'm Jags, and joining us today is Chris Schmidt. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me again. And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor... Or working for the man. You can email us info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artists, suggestions, show topic ideas. Check us out on MoGraph.com. MoGraph.com slash TV. You can watch 24-7 animation, uh, including tons and tons of content from Chris Schmidt, the the deep back archive of Rocket Lasso, which is always fun to watch. And uh, you can check us out on YouTube.com slash MoGraph. Got a lot of people coming in here in the chat. And as you can see, Matt's not here today. That's because he's getting on a plane, so Jags is co-hosting. And uh, Chris, I think you're our, our first guest guest in quite a while. We've had guest co-hosts, but we haven't had a guest in a while. Oh, okay. We've been doing DATS, and we've been taking the breaks. Half-reses and yes. All mograph, the and All the things, yeah. In yeah. fact, Matt's in the chat right now. I don't know if Ooh, he's on the plane go. or where he is, but I know he just checked into the airport not too long ago. Heading to New York for NAB East, which is going to be going on this week. Him and Pickle Nick are there. There's going to be a meetup as well at some point, just kind of a uh, non-sanctioned, if you will, uh, uh, unofficial meetup. So I have no idea what the info is because of that. <laughs> so, um, make sure that you check out the Max on Streams this week so you can see the presentations, I uh, believe Matt is presenting as well. That's so exciting. that'll Thanks. be cool. And uh, I think he's going to give a little shout-out to Camp MoGraph and such. We're working on getting the materials together for the Australia ticket sales uh, so that everybody can get information. We're also trying to finalize and finally announce – Not well, not finally. We're trying to rush announce next year's – uh, city at least, so people can make a decision where they want to go if they 're on the fence so they 're like, Well, I might go to Australia unless Camp Mograph is in my state, in which case I might go there you know people are are wondering, so we have to know where we 're going in the u s before the other tickets go on sale for that reason so um, yeah, make sure that you check out all those fun things we 'll have a lot more info on that uh, pretty soon we 've also got dat europe coming up uh chris and you're gonna be there how are, yes, how, are you, I how are you feeling how are you feeling
1: uh i'm excited it's gonna be crazy I've, there's been so much travel this year overall and the european part's been exciting it's a little short notice where we weren't quite sure when we were, what the travel dates were up until very recently uh-huh. so i'm very excited to finally know that we're heading over there check out all the different cities haven't been in a while and yeah London that's our first stop super looking forward to that I love London
0: and we've sold a lot of tickets to that make sure you oh, uh, go to our website it's uh, go to.com it's g o t o dot com and uh, you can get tickets i'll actually see uh, if i can how many people are registered for London right now because they went on sale last week and quickly uh, we started selling tickets um it's only been a few days we sold 30 tickets so that's a good sign um that in however many days it was this week, we, we did 30. That's that's a big number for us. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, everybody's got to you know,
1: compete with Chicago. Somebody's got to try and beat Chicago. Yeah. How big was Chicago? Uh, how many did we end up having? Yeah, that was it a lot. It was half the half-race ticket, so mm-hmm. I oh. think it's uh, about 180. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And so these are
0: always like 50 to 100 people, um, kind of intimate. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy about that 30 because that means it'll probably be more like 50, which is the spot we're looking for. And um, it's going to be a whirlwind for y'all. I know that uh, two weeks and four shows. And uh, what are you going to be? Four countries. Yeah, four countries. W- what are you going to be doing? Do you have any plans to uh, gallivant around? Yes, <laughs> London.
1: There, there's a secret document where everybody's putting ideas of cool places to check out in each city. So I got to oh, actually nice. contribute to it, which I haven't yet. But nice. that should be fun. Uh, yeah. Barcelona is the only one I've never been to before. So mm-hmm.
0: looking forward to that, especially. I uh, see Andy's in the chat here, and he's going to be uh, at the London show. Um, we're getting all of the uh, materials together so we can uh, post who the panelists are i'm kind of waiting for some bios and things back and i'll have the website going uh this week so you can actually see who's going to be there as well besides just the core team um, i will not be in europe um so uh it, yeah, it, it's that's, that's mixed. i'm going to be very fomoed but also it's been a long year so i'm i'm okay with it <sighs> trying to get some get some relaxed time some home time um how's how's the year been for y'all Have you been busy
1: Chris, Genius. you
2: go
1: first. Up, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, man, it's been a crazy, busy year over in over here in general because you you add the that show on, and how many cities are we doing total? So, and I only missed one of them. Yeah. So that what, what, as soon as you've got travel happening like every month, every other month, suddenly everything else gets rearranged. Mm-hmm. Then you add on top of that, Hafrez, which is. An absolutely yeah. amazing event, but I am not a natural event coordinator, so that's always a <laughs> time-consuming and stressful part of the year. And then, <laughs> uh, on top of that, we've been doing our capsules for Maxon, uh-huh. so we've got like a bunch of them out already. But we've kind of got this new monthly schedule that. Uh, w- part of my time and one of my brothers full-time has just been making these tools for Maxon that are going directly into the asset browser. So that's given mm-hmm. us a really, it's actually been kind of nice to have this really set schedule where each month it's like, okay, we have to come up with a tool idea and it has to get kind of built and shipped within this month time frame. So kind of having something as a regular schedule has been really nice because otherwise, you know, client schedules are always all over the place. Our own plugin schedule is, hey, whenever it's done, it's done when it feels like it's ready. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like deadlines. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's what I did with my short film uh, that I did
0: last year. Is I I was doing it for fun, but I decided, hey, I'm going to enter it in this contest. So
1: here's a date. So I actually have a deadline. So good, good. good call. I could be better about deadlines or setting them for myself with these abstract projects. Yeah, they're challenging because it's like, all right, you could do this date,
3: but then it's going to affect the work. So then you either have to like. Build a routine around it, or leave everything to the last minute. And obviously, we shouldn't do the latter. So, dates—I I feel like help us reverse engineer the how much
0: attention and energy we allocate towards it each day. Mm-hmm. And how have yeah. you been this year, Jags? you been slammed, good, or?
3: uh good question. I earlier this year I was slammed on some client stuff, and then after uh that wrapped up had a bunch of travel um did go out to the dat in texas that was the texas one, yeah Yeah, right? uh, that was fun right in the beginning um,
0: mm-hmm. yeah that was the first, <laughs> first that was the first one right <laughs> the first one where the fire
1: alarm went off right when we got yeah started. that was that was uh, that was excitable yeah, yeah. Um, ej's presentation didn't go over too well so somebody pulled the fire alarm it was yeah. fire
3: I'm actually learning ZBrush now Um, after all the travel has wrapped up I have uh, spent some time in ZBrush and my goal is hard surface but I almost wish I I took some time at the last DAT to sit down and watch EJ's presentation on character design because um, some of those principles of drawing illustration and shape language uh, from his presentation so I'll probably have to go back to that um, when when I start sculpting more character stuff uh, yeah. and ZBrush. So because the travel has been done, I've been doing a lot of daily art and uh, working on my uh, my other big personal project that will probably take another year to finish. But um, yeah, just doing all the things since it's a little slow period right now.
0: Yeah, we'll post those presentations because they are the same every week. Oh, Uh, you know, the part that we haven't been streaming online, like the the daytime stuff, we've been archiving them. So we'll get like we'll grab the best one from everyone uh, that we have and post those at the end of the tour so people can see. We're probably at the end of Europe. Um, We're not going to do those presentations when we do uh, South Carolina uh, Mm. in in the first quarter. Uh, So we'll try and post those online so everybody can see them. Mm I saw Jen said, will Spider-Lord be at both camps? I think so. You know, he's omnipotent.
1: He's an omnipotent spider. An (laughs) Australian one sounds rough, though. Is it going to be literally the same Spider-Lord, or is it like their cousin? I don't know. they got bigger spiders
0: there, so it could possibly be. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Jags has been setting... I like what you've been doing. You've been setting aside every Tuesday right mm mm-hmm. every
3: tuesday is
0: my like deliberate i'm going to sit here for like 4 hours
3: uh and do zbrush stuff and then every yeah. uh, every other day it's like 30 to 45 minutes i'm just messing around in zbrush cuz it's nice. it's just training it's like training as in like exercising you have to just get reps in um shouting out to uh, ian robinson when i uh when he introduced me to some cool things uh, about zbrush at NAB last year, he said, like ZBrush is not one of those things where you can watch a tutorial on Cinema, learn the recipe of how to set up this MoGraph effector, and you kind of know that. For ZBrush, it's purely you need the the muscle memory. You need yeah. to just be in the software and practice. Yeah. So yeah, every sure. Tuesday is like my four hour like longer session, uh, and I do that because my girlfriend is playing Dungeons and Dragons at that time, so uh, she's busy. I'm free, or I'm making myself free, uh, and then it's just trying to get better at zbrush so then i can work on some uh better client work because i found that some of the best 3d artists that we know in our industry are capable of making their either their own tools their own systems like in houdini like full-on particle system or their own their own models and kit bashing is can get you so far Mm
0: -hmm. but if you want to do custom work then right make your own stuff right i still fake my way through it pretty well i think uh, even when I have to do stuff for for clients, I, I manage to somehow model things good enough to get by, mm-hmm. but it's probably <laughs> terrible. I'll add an addendum.
3: If you're just working in one piece of software, like Cinema or Blender or Maya, you can do the cheaty workarounds, and that those tools will often look really good in, in those tools but if you try and bring it into anything else right. then you have to bake it down to an FBX and because I use a lot of Unreal Engine in addition to my cinema work um, if like I Unreal is a 5 year old child and you need to feed it chicken nuggets and if you don't feed it chicken nuggets <laughs> right. it's going to be very upset that is a great so, analogy <laughs> um, so ZBrush and learning topology is one of those things where it if you want to I, I found that if you want to get really good at zbrush it's coming back down to the basics and then feeding mm-hmm. every other 3d dcc chicken nuggets like something out of zbrush just give it give it simple simple quads mm-hmm. ideally good edge flow and it'll always
0: look good so yeah or or just throw it all in z measure or yeah or all on Z pressure. <laughs> hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor Otoy, the creators of Render Network and of course Octane but I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs, and we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com, from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community-building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at otoy.com. Now, back to the madness. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. I started 3D printing a little. Again, you can see my like 10 year old 3d printer back here by the way i don't know if you can see these these carts that i got going on here mm-hmm. they're these little 50 dollars carts like laptop stands with wheels on them and they have changed my life <laughs> yeah what are you uh, carting around on them anything and that's what's so cool about it um i i just have a problem where i have a lot of stuff and i don't have a lot of storage. And when I'm getting into projects in my office, I'm always going somewhere and dragging stuff out and throwing it on the floor or trying to set it up on a desk. I'm like, why do I not get some dang carts and I can just wheel them around? I'll wheel my laptop over here when I'm drumming. I'll put my DJ stuff on the table and reel it around the, the room and uh, put the printer, especially the printer. I don't want this bulky printer sitting here all the time. So I wheel the printer in and then I plug it in and I print my things and I put it back. Anyway... Um with the 3D printing, I have been using ZRemesher a lot because it is fantastic to just clean some stuff up before you go to print. Just mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. Uh the the beautiful mesh that it makes and then you take that and
1: throw it into, you know, an ST it, export an STL and print mm-hmm. it. Good to go. So are you are you throwing things into like a volume builder and then remeshing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a well I, that, that Guarantees you're going to have watertight models. Yes, so that guarantee goes a long way.
0: It's it's gorgeous. It's it's absolutely gorgeous how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, now the volume builder. If you're going for complete accuracy, you, you probably can't do the volume builder. It's going to kind of change your measurements a little bit, you a know. Little bit. Uh, but uh, the Z remesher man just absolutely perfect for what I'm doing. So.
3: I'm going to throw something out there, Dave. Dynamesh uh, is a—I r- I don't know how it functions from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. but y- the shape of the p- topology with Dynamesh is pretty spot-on to whatever you sculpt in ZBrush. So if you take something in Cinema, mm-hmm. use the GoZi exporter into ZBrush, mm-hmm. Dynamesh it. Um, into like a re- like really high resolution, so you get a lot of dense geometry. It might take a second because same thing with the volume builder. If you want a lot of uh, density with your mesh, you need to bring down the uh, accuracy to 0.01. Um, then you just re- remesh, you z remesh your Dynamesh, and then <laughs> z. Go Z-Exporter back into Cinema. That's the thing I've been doing uh, as of late because sometimes there are tools in, like, Cinema or Blender that's like, oh, this is actually a little bit easier for me to manage my edges, but then I'll spit it back into ZBrush to get the the fine uh, secondary details that uh, are harder to do in Cinema. So,
0: Well, what's the difference, then? What's the difference between... Because z remesher is is using ZBrush's remesher, but it's not the That's using the Z remesher. The Z remesher. So what's the difference? It's just a different one I got in there?
3: So I'm gonna... Don't quote me on this exactly, but speaking to Ian Robinson over on the Pixelogic team, he's told me that the Z remesher in cinema is the same algorithm, but it's not as robust in cinema as it is in ZBrush. There are more tools that you can manipulate in zbrush using the z remesher tools uh and i've found this like modeling uh a couple lightsabers and trying to re remesh it in cinema i would get these weird artifacts happening trying to get like cut a hole into my geometry so i brought it into um, ZBrush, ZBrush instead did some live Boolean stuff and it was able to get a perfectly circular hole inside the cylinder without any warped edges on the cylindrical detail. So um, I can't say from a technical level why that works, but I, I, th- I am very confident in saying that the ZRemesher tools in ZBrush are similar but different than they are in cinema.
0: Right. Interesting so what what are you doing mostly are you doing uh, are you getting into organic stuff or I know you said like hard surface and stuff are you trying to concentrate on one or the other or just learn everything
3: um right now i my my end goal is hard surface stuff
0: mm-hmm. because uh, I want to be
3: able to take a model from a client and um or like build a model for a client because I do a lot of board game stuff. If I get like a miniature, maybe I'll have to model, model some things uh, to adjust their minis and bring them into Unreal. Um, but my end personal goal is Halo stuff, Star Wars stuff, <laughs> like Halo armor. That that would be so cool to be able to make a custom Spartan armor set for my animations and also 3D print a full cosplay for myself, at some point, three <laughs> to five years down the down the line, a three D printed Master Chief costume. Yes, one hundred percent. That is what I'm I'm itching for, and also a virtual production. Like right. if I want to do a product video of, let's say, uh, a toy, and uh, I need to do some live action props in the set. Um, in addition to whatever the virtual uh, background is, uh, to get the foreground and background to match, I'll make something in ZBrush and I'll throw it in the background on the screen. and then I can also 3D print it. Oh, mm-hmm. my camera died. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the uh, Do you have a giant 3D printer? No, I need to talk to Scott unruh about
0: that. Because, uh, so uh, yeah, I've been talking to him this week about resin printing because I
1: think I'm ooh. ready. Yeah. yeah, they've got those eight K resin printers now, which are shockingly cheap. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. They they are they are, and it just takes a little
0: more. You you don't. This is not something you want to print inside your house because it's going to stink. Mm-hmm. You need um, a garage for this one. Yep. Yeah, the ABS printing that I do is good enough to do in here with the window open. It's not that bad. Um, when you use the PLY, is it PLY PLA? ABS is PLA. the bad one. <laughs> it's well, chemically. yes, chemically, chemically it is, um, but it doesn't have as much of a a stink as the PLA. Um, but yes, the when you do resin, though, it's
1: you're not doing that inside at all. Yeah. Not well, even you have, open to ke- the you have to treat it, and like yeah. Yeah, it's a re- there's a lot of waste product with the resin itself because you can mm-hmm. only reuse it so many times, and you got have buckets of alcohol to clean the whole thing. It's an right. entire production. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. isn't something you're just pulling off the plate and you're like done.
0: Yeah, yeah. there's curing and all that, but man, it's gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. it's so gorgeous, and like the feel of it, it's it's that rubbery feel almost. And mm-hmm. the stuff that Scott was making at camp for his class was just amazing. Those little yeah. astronauts. Yeah. Yeah, ABS. Yeah, oh, that's... yeah. yeah. A- ABS does have a lot of stuff coming off of it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, open a window, uh, put it by the window. It's not, it's not too bad. Get a little venting. Get some fans going. Um, yeah. But yeah, you got a cure and all that stuff. There's the UV stuff with uh, resin, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it.
3: Yeah, Yeah, another thing that I found for ZBrush, with my clients at least, is because I'm in the board game industry, they have a lot of miniatures. So they make all their miniatures so then they can 3D print them. But sometimes making an advertisement uh, with uh, prototypes like resin or... Um, some, some of those materials are too fragile to film with, so they'll have the STLs. I'm just like, guys, send me the STLs. I'll animate them in Unreal. Yeah. Um, we don't even need to do a second print run of that. Like we could just, just give me the files. Um, so there's a lot of use cases for just learning, at least in my, my world learning ZBrush. Cause then I can, I can basically make an animation with anything my clients send me now. Mm-hmm. Um. Which was harder uh, back in the day when I didn't know brush and trying to bring a, a giant print ready model into cinema and trying to animate that's
1: a nightmare. Yeah, um, I would I would so have a resin printer, except, you know, I'm in a condo in Chicago. So right. space is at premium. So I've already got a 3D printer and a laser cutter in my bedroom. There's not room <laughs> for also a resin printer. What do you use a laser cutter for? Oh, all sorts of fun things. I, I love I love the laser cutter. I probably use it more often than the 3D printer. But I'm always designing, like, little, hopefully functional things or these cool cool little puzzles. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with, uh, like, really getting tight tolerances on things so everything becomes, like, mm. friction fit. So mm-hmm. I'm not using glue on anything.
0: Mm, that's and cool. Hell
1: yeah. yeah. That's you really awesome, need though. some remesher for that. Get, <laughs> get those parts just right. And i mm-hmm. oh, it's all actually I wrote some scripts, but it, I do design everything in Cinema and then convert it to a spline. And then because mm-hmm. you know when it comes to the laser cutting, everything needs to be uh, like vector lines. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And are you also it, does the laser cutter also do laser etching?
1: Oh yeah, like at a lower power or something. Yeah, exactly. You can yeah. just put in any power you want. And they, they, I got the uh, the Glowforge, so they've got like all the preset materials, but you can kind of use anything except mm-hmm. vinyl never use vinyl in the in the laser cutter it'll kill it um, and I think it's toxic fumes but they oh, uh, oh, interesting but you can use any material that you know it's compatible with mine's not powerful enough to do metal I think it could do uh, engraving in metal but it can't go beyond that mm. but but I even I made a I made my own preset where I can take like an Amazon shipping box, cut it up, and it, it's like my prototyping material. So like I have the laser on like the fastest setting with barely any power. And it just barely perfectly cuts the cardboard. It's like okay, cool. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's it's a really fun material to work with, actually.
3: Do you have any laser cut examples within arm's reach that you can show us?
1: <laughs> I do. It doesn't. It, they're always really tiny on the camera. Right. But let me actually, yeah, I got two I can grab. Let me do grab. I one. would love to oh. see it
0: yeah i really thought about getting one of those uh right before camp because mm-hmm. i was doing those little coins yep. and i was like i could uh i could laser engrave these coins but then like mm-hmm. even the smallest engraver is like 300 dollars, and i was like mm-hmm. uh, i'll wait on that i'll wait on yeah that. yep but, uh, yeah. what you
1: got? what do you got? Okay, have? so I don't know how well it'll show up, but this is Ooh. one of my favorite ones. Oh, so, hell yeah. Um, this is made of, I don't know, like 36 different pieces, and they all snap together. Designed mm-hmm. the whole thing in cinema to make sure nice. they work. They all perfectly interlock, and it's like uh, acrylic. So I got all these sheets of m- acrylic material, mm-hmm. and I can print them out from all these different colors. I love the subsurface on this one. Kind of got oh, this milky oh, color. Oh, yeah, that's legit. Um, and there's like a pile of them on the shelf behind me. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how well this will show, but this was the fanciest thing i've ever made this box here whoa oh sweet so, look at that but i can open that up but the fun part is i flip that over oh forth, wow the whole thing goes oh
3: dude that's wow cool. that looks like a cinema 4d cloner rig if i've ever
1: seen one right that's so, awesome so i love this thing where uh, the lid flips around to the back to be the stand to hold you the have dice in there uh, it's actually a bunch of uh, Lego minifig pitch, uh, oh, okay. pieces, okay. a bunch of like Lego <laughs> hair there. <laughs> but uh, this was like version three of this. I love prototyping and making different designs. So that's, that's my favorite awesome. thing I've ever made. I was designing mm-hmm. like spice holders uh, that would like hang from chains in the back of a cabinet door. Mm-hmm. And I just you know, so many fun things you do with it. And uh, yeah, I, pr- I actually prototyped and animated this entire thing in cinema. I was like, OK, that'll work. And then that's awesome. Um, the exact end result comes out. Mm hmm
0: uh matthew said he used his laser cutter for the uh for the piece that he made for me and and matt this year let me let me grab it it's right here hold on
1: yeah it's so fun to come up with the goofy projects and what's actually kind of fun with the laser cutter is that you're you're now thinking in like two-dimensional sheets so you it makes you think about design a little bit differently that way
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So. You have to when you're building
3: something for the for the physical world versus cinema because it, you're going to hold it and uh, there's a lot more limitations with physical product. Dave, that's awesome.
0: That's yeah, Matthew cool. made that. Isn't that cool? Matt. I got it sitting right here on my, uh, wow. oh, ga- yeah. my gaming table where all my controllers are. Yeah. That's super cool. I need to hang it up. Actually, I got a lot of stuff I, I got to hang up. I, I If I were in your shoes, I would spray paint
3: that, like mask it off. And then spray paint it black. And oh, he's then got add colors the... on it.
0: Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to see on camera. Got it. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you could do black behind that. That would look cool yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, but that's it's always really a, cool. It's always a shame to lose the uh, the wood grain, which yeah. is one of the the cool things. Is you get the material yeah. properties when you're when you're doing right. that type of cut. Uh-huh. And I've got the uh, rocket lasso sign behind me, which is mm. like Amazon cardboard. It's gonna be out of focus nice. above, but uh...
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. I I think I'm having a um, a hobby crisis. Mm-hmm. I already had my midlife cl- crisis like eight years ago, so uh, now it's a hobby crisis. Yeah, because I'm coming off of a crazy year and I'm trying to, you know, wind down, kind of get back to some basics. But I can't figure out what I want to do, so I'm I have a very expensive uh, problem where I'm dabbling in things. Tuesday, oh, Tuesdays. Okay. Tuesdays? What's Tuesdays
3: two- hang out with me.
0: That's when I'm doing my ZBrush stuff. We'll you can sit in, do a hobby. I play Halo instead That's on that true. day. But <laughs> we've been playing Halo while you're on and um but the the problem is I'm doing this every night. The problem is I'm trying to see what sticks. It's very A D D. Uh I'm I I you know, got a drum set, which I talked about. I've been drumming oh my. uh ever since camp. And then uh and i got the dj table and then i've been 3d printing again and then i just been playing with gadgets and things like these um mm. these aquora sensors mm. presence sensors where it can actually see you in the room and you can mm-hmm. do triggers that will turn on lights when you're in certain areas of your room and and i'm just i'm going off on these different
1: uh hobbies and trying to figure mm-hmm. out what sticks so. Yeah, you got the two. There's two opposite problems. One is like, oh, I can't think of any cool hobby to do, and the other is, I've got too many hobbies. What do I mm-hmm. do? Right. So One how, how long I can are send these you cycles? a sourdough starter?
0: Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds Maybe, like he doesn't yeah. need
1: any more ideas. Yeah, yeah
0: send that to Julie. Yep, I can yeah. do that. It's a lot of carbs, though. I'm not doing the carbs. I'm back on the running. That is again. right. I apologize, but, but you know. Can make it for other people but yeah i was really into the drumming and um i had the dj table and i was like kind of getting into it but i was mostly drumming and then uh i brought my dj table outside and i started playing with it more and i started doing it for hours and all of a sudden it, it's starting to click for me so now i'm understanding i don't know why i wanted to do this but i just wanted to understand how to dj because every time I look at one of those things, I'm like, I don't know what the buttons are or what they do. But I feel like if I actually figured it out, that I actually might like it. So that's the only reason that I bought this table. It's just mm-hmm. like a portable thing that hooks up to your your iPad. It hooks up to other things if you want, but it'll hook up to the iPad very easily. That's awesome. Uh, so last night, I went live on uh, TikTok and Instagram. Instagram was being weird, though. It kept disconnecting. Um, but I did a three and a half hour long DJ set on uh, my TikTok account. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Which was oh. fun, and uh, so I'll probably do it again tonight. I have like a Halloween uh, slash kind of chill playlist thing, and uh, I'll do it again tonight. My my uh, TikTok is ZetaRenders. Yeah, Zeta Renders. Yeah,
3: I got your text TV. last
0: night. I yeah. apologize. We were playing Baldur's Gate. It's all right. So I'm gonna. Is i'll text you text y'all you again um yeah. I, I had it really cool set up where you could see the dj table and you could hear actual audio instead of like going through the the microphone for instagram mm-hmm. it just kept disconnecting and it sounded weird it sounded fine on my end until i went live so i'm gonna work mm-hmm. that out for insta but uh yeah mograph dave follow me there zeta renders on tiktok follow me there and uh, i'll probably be live again tonight doing Sweet. another another deal um let's talk about the new cinema. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. I just installed it last week as mm-hmm. well as the beta of the new Octane and it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. They're both Tell phenomenal. Tell us about the
3: uh the fog you were doing cuz okay. that was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, let, I'll start quickly with the Octane cuz there's not too much to talk about yet up with on that. Um it is a it is a beta or whatever. It's mm-hmm. 2023.1 or whatever it is. And it's these analytical, analytic lights, analytical or anal- analytic lights are so cool. Um, I believe, now I believe I read that you could have up to eight. And right now I can only get four to work. And that might be because it's in beta. But this is the coolest thing ever. Because the number one thing people complained about with, with Octane is what? If, I don't know how...
1: Y'all I'm don't know big octane people.
0: No,
3: I, I only used octane uh, when sh- I was
1: designing light kit for
3: uh GSG. <laughs> I'm gonna so, go on a limb and say it was the render time for, for fog and
0: volumes, yes. Uh, and the reason is because of noise, mm, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so octane is so great, and then you put on fog and there's noise because it's unbiased. Mm. So, the way that it works, it's, it's very hard for it to render that, whatever, however, right. that works. That's the reason that it's noisy. You go over to Redshift, and you can get some really nice, clean fog. Uh, mm. Back in the day, uh, when I did a little bit of work I had already been chewed, we would take Octane stuff when he was still on Octane mm. in the studio, and then we would do the fog passes in Redshift and then mm. comp them into mm. the Octane stuff. Mm. Now, these mm-hmm. lights, you go into these lights, and you change it from a regular light, uh, or like a primitive light, to an analytic light, and somehow it's doing some voodoo in the background to do, like, super clean uh, volumetric lighting. So, like, mm-hmm. imagine you have a light, and you t- put it in this mode, and all of a sudden you can do light rays, you can do god rays, you can, do, you know, change the spread, you can, uh, you add it to the post effects, and then you have this just beautiful, like, a light coming through a window, or, you know, whatever it is, right? And you have full control... It's only up to four, and I think it will be up to eight lights that you can do this with. But it is the cleanest. You can add fog to a scene, like mm-hmm. you can add fog to a whole scene, and you can change the radius so you can see kind of the layers happening. Hundred percent clean, just That's absolutely awesome. incredible. Um, there's some other stuff too, and I'll 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 come back to that on another episode whenever mm-hmm. I've had more time with it. I'm and mm-hmm. maybe some TikToks would be in order or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but it is fantastic, so I recommend you try it load load up the the beta and, and give it a go because man it's it 's going to be game changer and it 's going to be one of those things I think that a lot of people are going to I know a lot of people are back and forth on the fence about octane, you know uh redshift. A lot of people move to Redshift or a lot of people go back and forth between the two. But again, the biggest thing I hear is that grain, that fog, I can't mm-hmm. do that. Well, that's no longer the case. Now you have no excuse to use to not mm-hmm. use Octane. Right, right. Um, so
3: I, I'm, I'm not team either side. I, I found that whatever gets the job done right. fastest for me ends up being the, the right tool. Um, I, I know I've been speaking to a handful of other designers who do board game stuff and they're they're all octane because it's just like if you you don't have to do fog it's just dice and stuff like it, you right. can get a really good look straight out of camera in octane and if you're just animating some cards and dice and dynamic stuff um
0: octane works great for them so mm-hmm. um chris let's talk about uh, 24 or sorry not 24 2024 Twenty twenty four. We already had a twenty four. <laughs> right. We're
1: definitely in the confusing era. Yeah. Where like I look at my notes to try and Google things and it's like, oh wait, you gotta add that twenty in there. Where did they get to before the switch? Was it twenty six? I think twenty six, yeah, there was yeah. no twenty seven. So in like three years it won't be confusing anymore. Exactly. <laughs> it's always a, that's a tough uh, that's a tough switch to flip if you're going to do the renaming. We're actually discussing yeah. that for half res, is it's like should we just be like half res twenty twenty four now? Just to oh. switch the year because we got oh, yeah. we got to ten, and now we can switch it, and it shouldn't be too confusing. Well, I mean uh, that's mm-hmm. the problem
0: uh, OS X has, right? It's been OS X for twenty years. Seems yeah,
1: like. that's very true. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's probably more than twenty years. Honestly, I remember when it first came out because uh, I was a Lab 8 at the time. And we had to like switch over all the computers. So yeah, yeah, OS ten for a crazy long time.
0: Yeah, I remember picking up the first copy of Jaguar or something, going to the Apple Store, and everybody's lined up to pick up physical software yep. for OSX. Yeah, get so the it box. Is, it's been a while, you know. Uh, so uh, what, what is your favorite new feature right
1: now? Mm, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of what, now that I've actually been using it, I mean, honestly, it has to go to... Like the actual speed improvements—that's the thing that is actually actively affecting me on my day-to-day work. Um, I mean, it's at least fun to talk about because you can't really demo it too much. Uh, in my "What's New" video for 2024, I opened a lot of old scene files and I was kind of AB testing them back and forth and showing how much faster certain things are. Mm-hmm. Now, it is pretty random, or not, it's not random. Like things that involve like a lot of objects, a lot of clones, those get way faster, but. There's other scenes that might not see any speed improvement whatsoever. So it, it, it's highly dependent on on things. It also goes to – it's almost like the worse you were at organizing and optimizing your scene, this now compensates for you a lot. So if you have a very clean, organized, like, hierarchy that's all calculating the proper order and whatnot, then, yeah, it's going to help you a little bit less than somebody who has a crazy sloppy workflow. But you can get, like, insanely fast uh speed increases when it comes to having things like a lot of clones uh-huh. so that that part is, is super cool and what's cool about that is uh, with neutron or what they you know just the scene nodes as they are are more commonly called now there's a lot of architecture and work that had gone into those and now that technology has been getting propagated throughout the rest of c4d so you're, right. you're seeing the speed improvements that were kind of built for the scene nodes uh-huh. throughout the entire system um, and then of course you get the Redshift as a default renderer now. I'd already been setting it as my default for well mm-hmm. over a year, but it's good. That's kind of why, like, when it comes to the different renderers, I'm kind of... I, you know, I don't render super often, so more goes to, well, what is most of the audience going to be using? What are most people getting access to? So as soon as Maxon got Redshift built in, it's like, okay, obviously, that's the one to demo for people.
0: Well, I'm trying to figure out... I'm, so I'm trying to figure out which things are faster and which ones aren't, because I was... I was hoping to see a speed improvement on some of my scenes, so I opened up mm-hmm. a very fairly complicated scene, uh, and I did the thing you and Noseman were doing on your live stream uh, when it first came out, which is test the FPS. Right. Yep. So I go into the old version, one frame a second, <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I go to the new, uh, w- the new Cinema 4D, one frame a second. I'm like, okay, well,
1: whatever I was doing, it didn't speed up. Yep. Like I said, highly dependent. I mean, I opened up, uh, I opened up like, I don't know, 60, 75 different scene files, uh, all f- mostly from my live streams. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, opened in both versions and I was saying, okay, which ones are faster, which ones are slower. So, and it wasn't always Mograph stuff, but Mograph definitely got like the lion's share of the speed up. Yeah. I imagine Mograph and Sims are probably
0: a lot better, but that's not what I generally am doing. So, yeah. I think that's why, um, but I really like the um, the idea of the stickiness. I saw yeah. something you were
1: doing with that. How how is that? that? Well, it goes to, so the big thing uh, it, with simulations, they added some stuff in pyro, which is really powerful and cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't do that much pyro in general. I just don't have too much need for, like, fire or smoke. And I'm probably going to need smoke more often than fire specifically because you need right, some cool yeah. fog-type effects. But the other one was added in rigid bodies. The interesting thing is their entire system is based on – it's a particle-based system. And actually, in a, in a funny kind of backwards way, with being particle-based, it actually means it's easier for them to do things like soft body than it is to do rigid body. That's why we've had soft body for a couple of years but only just now got rigid body. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they mimicked like the layout and all the settings from – the old bullet simulation stuff, so the settings are almost identical across the board on both of them, but the one thing that was brand new in it was a were able to add stickiness into the rigid body, and that one setting automatically opens up a lot of really cool like viscosity basic fluid sim goopy right. renders that you can do mm-hmm. and it's it's as simple as like cloning a bunch of cubes and saying okay they're a little bit sticky and then you get some really cool new behaviors
0: yeah mm-hmm. i was i haven't tried it yet but i saw you doing that and i'm like well what if you put that into like a metaballs, and you know what would it look like would it look oh.
1: like some sort of goopiness oh totally uh, if you see my 2024 video i turn it all into like vanilla ice cream I've got it like all gooping, and there's some chocolate sauce on it and whatnot. Now, of course, we're doing a series of rigid body simulations, so this isn't going to be like a proper fluid right. sim, right. but uh, but it was running reasonably well, and uh, you can get away with quite a bit. I mean, I, how often do people actually need a full-on fluid sim, or right. do you just need something kind of sloshing around or gooping a little bit? Right. So along those lines, it just works pretty much automatically the way you'd expect it to, so... The intuitive nature of it, like, goes a really long way. The rest, of the rest of the settings makes you just think of the bullet simulation. And, of course, the cool part is that all of the forces and all of the soft bodies and the pyro, everything is just working with rigid bodies. It's all right. the unified simulation system, which yeah, that, that goes a long way. I saw the ice cream cone thing you were doing with the cubes.
0: I guess I missed the video clip where you turned it into the... you actually went further with it. I think you were showing it to nose man on your stream which is why yes and um so yeah yeah i was i was wondering because i was working on something at the time i was wondering if i could use it for this but um i didn't end up going that route was uh caramel dripping because i was working on a uh it's a snickers a snickers bar and i had like a close-up of the snickers bar and i had been using um like a spline and a Mm. spline wrap just to make the the stretchy caramel you know just a spline that kind of droops down you know and that just looks like you know uh, a candy bar splitting apart and a piece of caramel just kind of like drooping out but then they were talking about the possibility of you know having some goopy caramel coming down and i'm like man we're really getting to another level if you want to get to that point i did not quote out caramel sims you know in that (laughs) manner and so, um,
1: I was wondering if maybe something simple for that you could do it like oh ab- absolutely yeah. especially yeah, that's a perfect almost example is you're zoomed up on a candy bar you know you're not you don't need a million particles for this you you need like five hundred mm-hmm. so yeah those could totally be cubes or spheres that you're dropping and and just using the volume builder and lobbing them together like yeah. works perfectly oh the volume builder okay yeah yeah yeah. it's always always a throwback whenever you said Metaballs, it's like, oh man, when's the last time I actually used Metaballs? Because Volume Builder just is better in like every way. That's true. I guess the one thing Metaballs does that the Volume Builder doesn't inherently do is the Metaballs kind of try and maintain volume, like if two spheres of equal size like blob into each other it gets a little bit bigger, where the volume, they just merge together. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And Andy in the chat, he says, if you have a scene that you think could be improved, you can package it up, send it to Maxon. Um, and then they can profile it. I I might do that with a bunch of stuff because yeah, that's it's, yeah please do. I, I have a. I feel like I have a pretty decent workflow, and it's not that I'm. I have a messy scene. It's just it's complicated. It's in layers, and I have to physically put everything into a layer and disable it for cinema to function mm-hmm. because it is complicated. Sometimes I've got a lot of mo and then I have a sim, and then I have mm-hmm. some pyro, and then I ha- have some volumes. It, it just it gets very heavy. Understandably heavy. But mm-hmm. I would just yeah, like totally. to have a easier way to at least turn things on and off if it's not going to work in the viewport.
1: But, yeah, I mean, I try and I'm obsessed with keeping things parametric, and I'm always building uh-huh. these hierarchies that I can just uh, hold down control, commander control, hit the checkbox and the entire hierarchy turns off. So it's right. like, you know, once something is like in the this, in this symmetry, inside a bool, inside of a volume builder, inside of a remesher. It's like, yeah, that, that's going to take some time to calculate. So mm. turn off everything you don't need in every moment that you don't need it to calculate. Mm. And uh, even layers. I, layers do a really good job of stopping things from calculating. But I've never, I've always thought the fastest you can make something is physically turning off the enable. So cinema like, okay, that object doesn't even exist anymore.
0: Well, but it does. That's the problem I, I run into is that even if you turn it off, there are still calculations going on. Um, I mean, once
1: the checkbox is turned off, like, it, it has ceased to exist. I don't
0: know. Well, I'm going to have to show someone, because my viewport does not like it. Hmm. Like, I will turn everything off, like, like you said, but it's still churning for some reason. And until I take all of that stuff, put it into a layer, and turn off, like, generators or whatever the g is and maybe one of the other options animation or something it's it's still doing something it's still doing something and that's what I do, that's why I've been harping on you need a mute button a mute you know a mute and a solo button like a mixer because yeah. a mute button is actually going to stop doing that thing cuz what happens you turn something off right you, you let's say you turn off um, let, let's say you turn off a null. Well, if you have objects under that null that are referencing that are reference objects, right? Like a, a source for um, a cloner or something like that, it still can
1: access it. It's still okay. there. So I think what you're saying, uh, you're saying a turn off a of null, but I'm guessing you're not talking about the stoplights on it. Yeah. Which that, that does not help speed things up very much. I was oh. talking about enabling, so the actual green checkbox. Like that right. is what I was referring to. So, yeah, no, I'm totally yes. you. if you're using a null and hiding things. And yeah, that's going to help you a little bit. But that's mostly just helping you with like the viewport needing to calculate. It. That's not stopping calculations from happening. But yeah. like I said, I have my parametric workflow. So I'm going to have a right. lot of the green checkboxes, the actual checkboxes. enable. Mm-hmm. And once you turn that off, that's as off as it could possibly be without being deleted. See, I would love if they just added the checkboxes
0: to a null. And maybe it was different. Maybe when you turn it off, actually just nothing. Like, it's gone in yeah, that aspect. It would be,
1: um, game yeah, game-changing workflow. Because yeah, whenever I, I... It's there for the layer, but... Yeah, you're right. just saying if it was built in automatically, that'd be interesting. It's just like, a lot of trouble. kind of behave like a layer.
0: Yeah, because I have to select everything. I put it in a layer called Mute. And then you have to select the children. And then if you are in... Then if you want to s- switch it and you want to say, Okay, now I want to mute this stuff. you got to go turn the other ones back on... Take them out of the layer, grab the other one, select all the children of that, then put that into the mute layer. And because even if they're off, the viewport struggles. It's, it's, and yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, it, it struggles. And I'm like, I want to turn it off and the viewport not to struggle because it is the, the it's just a lot of clicks in the workflow. Mm. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it goes to like, yeah. Oh well, you see it and feel it in the viewport, but it's actually it's the mm-hmm. object manager that's refreshing. New calculations have to happen. Right. Things and it even goes to like a tiny, like a tiny little change. Like if you have like uh, a sphere inside of a volume builder inside of a remesher, and that sphere isn't keyframed in any way, it's like okay, the whole thing is cached and it doesn't have to refresh too too much at all. But as soon as that sphere is moving, now that entire hierarchy is entirely refreshing. Right. Every frame, like no matter what. So. Yeah. So, yeah, but you feel in the viewport. Yeah. Uh, Justin says, wanted
0: to give a shout out to you. Uh, He spent the weekend going through your uh, Patreon tutorials looking for anything uh, force field related.
1: So many gems there. Yeah, I spent a lot of time talking about fields. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it.
3: Chris, I feel really guilty. After camp, we were doing some interviews, but I had some client work lined up immediately after, and it was all Pyro stuff. So I was watching your tutorial. Uh, you're like, "What's new in Cinema Pyro?" Because I wanted to have these these Pyro particles spinning around a a 2.5D character. So I watched all the way up to the Pyro part, and I stopped. So once we today, when we were started t- talking about the rigid body stuff, I I'm so lost. So I'm gonna go back <laughs> and revisit that uh after this call um figure out what's up because uh this ice cream thing you did sounds pretty cool.
1: Oh thanks man. I mean I tr- mm-hmm. I mean in theory I, I don't do too many tutorials these days like i just don't have enough time and there's not enough time in the day to do everything that you want to yeah. do but i make sure i make my what's new videos so if you do watch yeah. every what's new video like going through the years you should know most everything that's been added to cinema for like mm. i don't know those, 10 years those videos
3: are gold <laughs> i will watch them while doing cardio okay. now
1: because it's just like oh that's a new tool in the toolbox so yeah oh those are fun to put together and it's also my way of learning everything right, right. it is crazy because i end up I actually have a very shortened timeline there. Like I used to make what's new videos when I wasn't involved with Maxon directly in any way. So Fine. I, when when uh, the version dropped, I would start learning when everybody else did, and then like a day later, be like, okay, I'm making a what's new video now. But these days, it's like, yeah, I, I have access to the beta, but. Yeah, you know, just with everything going on, I still am not playing with the new version until I don't know at the most a week before <laughs> I have to. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, until, yeah, exactly. <laughs> until I have to, so I'm still like trying deadlines. to come up with a, yeah, <laughs> learn it all without too much documentation because it doesn't right. exist yet, mm-hmm. or I don't have direct access, and then uh, just play and play and play with every feature, to see if I can understand it well enough to explain to other people. Build out tons of demo files. I think are practical applications are that are. You know, it's just a better, you know, just hearing a list of, like, here's, this is new, this is new. That's no fun. You want to be like, hey, Mm -hmm. here's a demo of a Pyro thing. Let's actually make a a grease fire. Like, okay, cool. That's an actual thing. uh, And coming up with all that and recording and editing and posting it. Mm -hmm. And I'm always doing that, like, within, like, the last week before that thing is coming out. So, but try try and cover it all. What is new in Pyro? Because I didn't look at that. Uh, Um. Let's see. Taking a look at my notes here. Uh, Oh, yeah. So now you can apply pyro directly to a matrix object or the classic Mm -hmm. C4D particles um, and and also the thinking particles. But, you know, most people aren't using too many thinking particles. But uh, honestly, applying the pyro directly onto a particle emitter, like that goes a long way. Applying it to a matrix object is really fun because you can take on the color from that pretty easily. Mm. So uh, you can do like different colors of smoke swirling around like it's so fast to put that together like really cool uh there's all sorts of new like fall off settings um for like having things fade off and fade on a couple more things got the ability to be fed vertex maps which is always powerful i love i love vertex weight maps and pyro and the soft bodies integrates the vertex weight maps Almost in every parameter, and it's so powerful, and you can do so many crazy, like perfectly art-directable things with it that it starts driving me crazy when I'm doing some other part of cinema, and I's like I want to put a vertex map in here so bad, mm. like um, the, a sweep, like a regular C4D sweep. Um, like how amazing would it be to be able to feed a vertex map into this a sweep parameter for like the thickness, and then mm. you'll know, be able oh. to. To get that from there automatically and we can put vertex maps on splines right now but we can't put vertex weight maps it, it that doesn't feed into other That's systems right. you have to do yeah. it manually on on most things right um but yeah but anyway uh so pyro got even more things are controllable with vertex maps the more fading thing color
0: like so you can like fade them off you can kind of like art direct fading on and off of this of smoke
1: and things yeah, that, you could kind of do that. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, with when you talk about the vertex weight map. Yeah, you could that, yeah. you can control the color of the uh, the potentially the fire and definitely the smoke coming off of it by a color weight map on there. Um, and then they also added in fall offs directly. That's what I thought you were talking about for a second, where you can have a fall off from a surface before. Yeah, you know, if you had a sphere, it's like okay, it's going to just create a thick cloud of smoke around mm-hmm. the entire surface. But now it could be like, oh, it's going to fade out as it gets further away.
0: Well, so that's yeah, that's what I need because when I was doing my short last year and it had just come out, my biggest problem, as opposed to TFD, was there was less control over like half life and things, mm. right? So. I was doing that trench scene where this, the rocket is, going, is shooting down this trench through this whole gigantic scene, and the camera's right behind it. I'm like, I don't need that jet of smoke to go back a mile and have yeah. to simulate all of that. And so it was, a, it was kind of a weird mix of trying to figure out how to make the, the, the burn times and all of that, the half-life and everything, so to speak. To yeah. work to where it was stopping right when it passed the camera, so the sins weren't
1: it, taking forever. It, it came. Uh, it came out in the previous version before this one, but there is the destructor force, uh-huh. and you can actually use that in pyro. So you could actually and there's an invert checkbox on it now. So if you have your camera, you could put the uh, this big destructor box around the camera, and directly behind the camera is where the box ends. And you could say, as soon as any of my pyro exits this box, just destroy it. So it's like that a kill would... it's like a kill time with X particles. Yeah, exactly. Like a well, like not switch. even kill time, but it's just a box. It's like everything in this it can, you can only live in this box or you can only live outside of this box. So like the two gotcha. options. And it's gotcha. just it's just a big old box shape, but that goes a really long way for being oh, yeah. like, hey, if the smoke goes out of the top of my frame, just delete it. Yes. So yeah, definitely. That's a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um uh, there's a bunch of little things all over the place where they well stuff. first of all they had the new um the new Cinebench, which is you know kind of unrelated, but it's always oh, handy it to is. get that up to date. And that's using a bunch of redshift, so it's kind of up op- you know, seeing how your machine is optimized for redshift workflows as well as cinema in general. The um there's a lot of fong tag improvements. Have you played with that new fong tag mode? No. Um, I, I wish they just would change all the fong tags for that as default. I understand why they wouldn't, but in a new scene, there if you if you just open up any scene file, there is a new uh, a fong tag has always had a style, but now there are there's a new style called square area weighted. It's almost just like this magical setting that is going to make your bevels look rounded automatically it, it all essentially every fong problem you've ever had almost just magically works with square area weighted so is definitely it, is it play it like around a with that. smoother
0: awesome. a, uh, like a smoothing shader type thing like you yeah well that's what hand? the
1: fogs are that's what fong tags are in general is it's smoothing it's interpolating between the angles of all the polygons but it's a new one that's really good at rounding sharp corners that yeah it's really good at breaking planes where the old one it kind of would fight you where this one's intelligently figuring it out so yeah highly recommend everybody should just play around with these it'd be easy to to not notice because it's still defaulting to the old uniform but definitely try if you have a model that's giving you any kind of trouble switch it over to square area weighted like it's great i think i mentioned this last week I think
0: this is something EJ did, and I'm very upset that there's so much segmenting on these spheres. Oh, oh! <laughs> I not yeah. It bugs me so much. I'm
1: like, yeah. That's the don't default. Look at it too long. Yeah. Um, yeah. That goes to do you? Um, I don't know if, if you guys do this at all, but yeah, you know, there's always movies, and you have the like the little things that will annoy you. But whenever I'm seeing some sort of CG and like the the camera zooms in close, I'm always trying to look for a curved surface and see if I can see the faceting on it and it's like i i don't want to notice but my eyes are always like drawn to like oh like did they subdivide it enough to get this close nope i see i see an edge
3: going to movies now is almost less fun or it is less fun now doing what we do because you're just you're looking for something it's a it's a where's waldo experience like where's the fuck up and it's like you you don't want (laughs) there to be a fuck up like um you want like all all art projects there there's always going to be that little thing that you couldn't work around but we're always just looking for it because we know how hard it is um and that where's waldo experience when you should should just be watching the story is uh
2: Um, It's hard to separate from that. Yeah. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Keshram Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor-Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Ganyi, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your, your source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph
1: Podcast Network. Uh, but yeah, uh, Fong Tag Improvements, they also changed the normal. They've they a the normal tag that's been there for a while. I think for 95% of cinema users, you never need to use a normal tag. But if you do CAD work, it comes along. But the, the normal tag, you can use fields on it now to like determine the orientation of your normals, which is really weird and unintuitive. But I think you might be able to do some cool, weird special effects. Um. Modeling uh, the the cemetery modeling uh, on splines got improved. Uh, it wasn't working too well. There's a better uh, in the modeling brush. Yeah, new setting for preserving the boundary. I, I played around with it a little bit. Like as yeah, you know, if you're dragging like if you're on a face, and you grab the nose, and you drag it. It's gonna try and maintain the shape and drag the the mesh over it. It it only works. You know, you can't pull it too far until it will break. But if you're doing like little tweaks and whatnot, it, it's maintaining the model like way better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could.
0: I wish I could do a fong tag with a selection somehow, but I don't know if that's possible. There might be a better solution for this. But a good example is a tabletop, right? If you got mm-hmm. a tabletop. A t- tabletop. Let's say you make a tabletop. All right, just like a, a cube, just mm-hmm. like a lo- elongated cube. It's a tabletop, and you bevel the edges nice and smooth, smooth bevels. But then the tabletop looks rounded.
1: Yeah, that's what this new thing will make it. it able do that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. You know, in the past, you had to do like edge weighting or edge breaks, right? Or yeah, separate them out into two models. Now it's right. just like boop, like pretty much magical. Nice. Um. So yeah, one of those awesome algorithms. That's just like okay, that's just the way I'm going to do it from now on. Um. I'm gonna uh, throw in the uh, Unreal updates
3: that we can oh. bring in Redshift materials into Unreal with Cineware. Uh, it's it makes life a lot easier That's um cool. so i
1: don't have to rebuild stuff in unreal as much which is nice and then uh probably the last uh but there's they did change something in vamp for, for changing the the weight maps i forget, even code, forget what that's called vertex something hmm. map manager i don't know but the uh, yeah it, it does a an like edge break I, I, I can't even get into it. It's, it's, it's not something you have to demo. It, it, it can transfer UVs a little bit better on certain models. Um, and then the last uh, fun one is added in the projection deformer, which it's always oh. fun to get into a new deformer. Uh, it works great. It works great with splines for projecting splines onto some kind of surface. So there's that kind of cool special effects we can do now that would have been pretty difficult to do now. And now you just, like, just throw in the deformer, project one model onto another model. Um, sweet so yeah that opens up a lot of cool opportunities yeah yeah Yeah, no it worked great for something like labels and I guess I had particles like running over surfaces but without any effectors it's just like okay run the particles in a straight line and then project Mm -hmm. it onto the landscape done Mm -hmm. that's cool Uh,
3: should we talk about the announcement of ZBrush iPad that they uh,
0: Uh, teased the other day yes because I did not even hear about this oh Uh, yeah, this
1: is news to me. I'm just not um, in the ZBrush world. They uh,
3: or Maxon released a teaser on what was it? It was sometime last week where it's ZBrush for iPad. Uh, like obviously we have Forger, and I've played yeah. around with Forger just a little bit, but um,
0: I always thought that's having, where they were going with it. I thought it was going to be like Forger was going to turn into some sort of like ZBrush. Yeah, but it's going to be separate.
3: Uh, Yeah, this is a a whole new uh, separate thing based on what I've seen. Um, Their ad was very Apple-style. It was just an iPad spinning with the Pixelogic logo. I'm Uh trying to find it uh, so I can link it to you. Um, But um, I feel like... As someone who's dabbled with Forger just a little bit in my ZBrush adventures, I, I feel like that was there so then they can get the infrastructure from mobile so then they can start translating their ZBrush stuff into Forger and rebranding it. I know nothing about tech uh, or, like, programming. Um, so I, right. I, they might just be scratch, scrapping Forger entirely, which yeah. I like Forger. I've done a couple things with it. But if ZBrush is coming to iPad then uh i'm gonna be in on that all the time because i bring like if i'm trying to do daily sculpting i have to be at my computer and that sucks because what if i uh need to go out and get away
1: from the the desk and go to a coffee shop that would be really nice yeah yeah it says maxon is currently seeking beta testers for it so
0: yeah there's a zbrush for ipad uh sign up to get info um, when I Google it, that's all
1: I could find. Were you able to find anything else? Uh, I found an article and a link to. It looks like they talked about it during the ZBrush Summit Day Three. But I'm I not just sure what point sent
3: you a link to the the twenty two second teaser. Oh, okay. Cool. That they.
0: Uh, Where'd you send it? I uh, sent it on Discord. Oh, can you put it in the dingus? On I got the, my Discord in, closed. Oh, and uh, the Skype chat. Yeah, I'm saving them resources. Discord yeah, is such true. a hog. Here we go. Right. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Now let's see what we got here. I'm not gonna play the music, we can just look yeah. at it. Mm-hmm. Very apple esque. Very apple. <laughs> yeah. And we're really excited about this. Okay, okay. Right. That's that's the definition of a, teaser, a teaser right there. Oh, yeah. it doesn't even show anything. Ooh, yeah. that's very much a teaser.
3: I feel like 2023 with cinema is all the updates we're seeing are just prep for some big things coming in 2024.
0: Well, that's Um, kind of like their, their new, uh, crimson core, whatever, whatever they're working on, um, you know, and changing all of these to this new system for capsules and all that. I mm -hmm. feel like it's all building toward slowly revamping. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. admittedly, I think, that they've said um just they're slowly moving these pieces over to the new system mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for speed and stuff yeah but, well
1: yeah. that's where you see the, the speed improvements that mm-hmm. have been happening already
0: yeah and i hope that means that we're gonna get some liquid um oh i wish i i you know i i hope so i i hope so i keep i keep asking
1: and it's you know i get the eh, you know we'll see you know well, it's even not even liquids but like just a, a particle like if we had particles that were running in the unified simulation system like that would be mm-hmm. huge and I mean once you have particles you're only one step away from having, you know, like vorticity calculations and then right. liquid liquid on top of it so those two go hand in hand. Anyway, I'd, I'd love yeah. to see that. That would be a unified particle system. I mean, Cinema hasn't had an updated particle system since version 8, honestly. Yeah. Like that's going back it a feels long way. That's very like it's like 2002. So yeah, and that's I mean, key particles. And obviously yeah. it's been, I, th- I think I, I have no internal knowledge on this at all, but my assumption is that X-Particles worked so hard to like build up a giant ca- catalog of tools at that Maxon's like, hey, we don't need to because there's right. a plug-in that's so robust and does so many things. Right. But at a certain point, it's like, well, with their, their unified system, it just feels like a no-brainer. But Aren't I, Sims,
0: uh, like cloth Sims, technically, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm completely wrong, but aren't cloth Sims technically particle
1: calculations that's what i said earlier they uh, it's all a particle based simulation system so
0: right okay so it's so there's something like that there already it's just a matter of are they gonna
1: do actual particles exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so and i i have no knowledge one way or the other but man that would be cool Mm -hmm. what would be the best way right now you think to do liquid I mean, there are plugins. I've never had a need to do liquid, so I'm uniquely in a terrible position to know what sort of plugins are useful. I mean, the old school one was always real flow, but right. I'm not sure if there's good, handy ones that are easy to do. X-Particles can get you pretty far on some of it. I've seen their videos where, you know, you can uh-huh. just throw on like a, I don't even know what terms they use, but you can throw in a couple of forces and it's like, okay, cool. Now you've got you've got basic liquids going. Yeah. So that'd probably be my go-to if I needed to. A lot of the time, I feel like you can, fake it by building a rig like mograph is like it goes such a f- such a long way to doing liquid like even yeah. imagine right now you could do a you could animate a simple spline traveling around that's a bunch of clones of cubes to follow that spline wherever it goes mm-hmm. and now you're art directing it so right. that's as far as i've ever needed to go but if yeah, you I mean, want like proper ocean simulation like obviously yeah. there's different orders of magnitude of like pouring a glass of milk to an ocean sim on on a a beach somewhere yeah 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 sea foam (laughs) yeah it's it's like i
0: used to use real flow and i used to mess with it then they did real flow for cinema 4d and then um i just i haven't messed with that in a while and i see people doing stuff but it's all houdini and it's like "Eh, i don't want to learn houdini just to do that yeah and then um liquid gen though liquid gen
3: I, I I use Embergen pretty consistently.
1: I hear that uh, name often.
3: It's like and I the only reason why I do uh Embergen over Pyro is like I prefer using Pyro cuz I like having my stuff in my cinema scene. Yes. But for a lot of my board game stuff, I don't have a lot of time to sit there and let things w- w- simulate and render. It's like, oh, we have to get this ad out in two weeks Uh, i don't want to spend put all my eggs in one basket for one pyro scene but i've done a handful of pyro things and it's fun um it just it comes down to how much effort and fidelity do you need to spend on a sim versus just making some cubes follow a spline and all that like sometimes if you know it works and it can get the point across for the story and the narrative
1: sometimes the cheaty way works um i love the cheaty way the um I, I'm terrible at talking about like the work I do, but I recently helped out a lot on John Wick Four, where uh, oh. it was going to be a title sequence, but got moved to the credit sequence. But and I, I that I was make, you. Um, I well, I didn't make the whole thing. I got brought on to build like eight different simulations for it. So other people did like the rendering, but there's like a sequence where like there's shurikens, are chopping through some cloth,
2: yeah. and then there's
1: uh, an hourglass with like a simulation and then there's like a stamping of uh, a wax seal and bullets falling, a bunch of different completely unrelated sims and it's like, okay, this is my bread and butter. I love doing like advanced simulation stuff Mm -hmm. that's like a a rig, but we wanted to do this uh, sand falling animation. I wanted to keep it all vanilla cinema. So like I did so many tricks and this is a uh, pre the new the new rigid bodies coming out. So I was using the old bullet sim. I made an hourglass, but then I kind of faked it where you could only see so far into it. So it's only like the front half of the hourglass. And I even kind of blocked out some of the stuff so I could keep make I could. I essentially I was like maxing out at, I forget how many, but let's say like 50,000 rigid body simulations. If I did any more, I'd run out of memory. So I was like, okay, how, how can I get the most out of these 50,000? And I think I even like would run the sim, cache it, run the sim again, cache it at, with a different seed and then be able to overlay a bunch of them on top of each other. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. This yeah, that's is, the link. Yeah, yep. So this was such a cool little sequence,
3: and I, yeah. I, I told myself like, damn, what I would do to be able to be part of the team who, who is in that. That's so cool that you were. Yeah, you I made were those on, that
1: but... leaf rig there to make the, the cherry nice. blossoms flow, and uh but yeah, it's a really cool sequence. And I really like the John Wick series, so mm-hmm. I was like excited when. Um, yeah, that's yeah, cool. That, yeah, like I said, like I like iterated the sim on top of itself a bunch of times. uh, If you don't like John Wick, you don't like fun because it's just fun. It's (laughs) not a good story. It's just dumb fun. Yeah, but yeah, using like every trick in the book to try and do different things. And uh, but the big one, it was even cool because they end up liking the uh, simulation, the the shot so much of the shurikens going through the cloth that they like moved it to be like one of the primary shots here where I think they overlay Keanu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But man, it was. Yeah, so it's so like the the magic shot right there of, like, Keanu's name. But it's like, that by far took the most time because, I like, I had to get these perfect cuts. I couldn't just—you couldn't—if you're getting that close up on cloth, yeah. you can't—you don't want to see the faceting of the cloth. You don't want to see, like, a zigzag. Right. So I had to go and essentially run the shurikens, see exactly where they're going to fall, and then make a cut in the cloth so that the next time I ran the sim, it would hit. And I had to keep on doing it again and again until— Because when you cut the cloth, everything changes. So I just had to keep doing it again and again until it finally worked. And it even goes to, like, the shuriken isn't the thing doing the cutting. I have, like, this unrelated vertex map that when the shuriken gets close, it starts telling the vertex map to reveal itself. And then that's what's creating the cut. So, And it does still collide with the shuriken, but it's not what's actually doing the cutting. But, yeah, Yeah. super fun. But I I hope you—I got permission— so I hope to make a kind of tutorial of like, hey, let's build a bunch of different sims all inspired by this John Witt project. Oh, nice! So, if you yeah. need help
3: with rendering something, I would love to uh, give you some
0: render power. Yeah, yeah, I'm
3: very. Keep in
1: mind, I've never touched octane.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> I'm
3: I'm using Redshift. Yeah, so I'm okay, not sure. Yeah. If
0: you're... <laughs> I'm very much not a. I'm getting better at cloth, but I'm I'm just not well versed in a lot of the tearing stuff, and I I had those problems this year. I'm like, oh, I'm ripping a cloth and you know it's it's low res and now i'm getting the jaggedy stair-steppy thing because yeah. like the polygons are ripping and they're sideways so now it just looks like zigzags and uh yeah i would love to see some tutorials on that because i don't know what i'm doing
1: yeah they're it, they're really powerful they it's very controllable and it's great that the new, the new cloth stuff in cinema, I know it's like, you know, we're getting on like two years or something that we've had the basics of it, but they keep on adding to it. It keeps getting more powerful, more yeah. features, and it's so controllable. The yes. basics are really powerful, but then if you want to get nitty gritty and, and control it, and I've always said that like a simulation, like a, a simulation is not, mo- it's not motion graphics. But as soon as you have a follow position, now it's motion graphics. Now you have something in uh-huh. art direct. So... And, and and Maxon's done like an amazing job in making them art directable. And if people yeah. watching this have not seen my I did a presentation at, was it NAB? Yeah, my NAB presentation where I talk about folding origami with yes. cloth sim. Uh-huh. You should watch that because the basics, the like folding origami can get complicated, but the basic idea of... Making a very rough deformation, like something really terrible and sloppy, but then running cloth on top of that—it's like, man, you can like art direct and get some cool, yeah. cool effects really easily. Honestly,
0: yeah, the follow position stuff where yeah, like uh, that makes it so art directable. It I changes everything so much. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and then uh, by the way, this is uh, what I was talking about earlier. Liquid Gen is coming. They haven't really said any more than that. That says oh, release date cool. TBD. But I'm excited about this because this is like real time. You know, Who makes that? Uh, this is Jenga, Jenga FX. FX. So they're the ones that cool. do Embergen. Embergen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And hey, once you're doing yeah. fire, it's just like inverting gravity. Like, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> instead of smoke flowing up into the ceiling, it can flow down onto the floor. Right. Yeah. Hey, whoever so, makes it, I'll be excited.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, Anything else,
1: uh, un- maybe related to anything else? Um, anything the, else uh, from... or well, I guess uh, in the cinema stuff, the last thing I had forgot was uh, you have the ability to cache the pyro and up-res it, which is pretty cool. Ooh, um, so you can run okay. like a low a low quality sim and then say, hey, run that sim, but like with like smaller voxels now, right. so you get the same overall effect uh, with more detail. Interesting. So that that's pretty pretty cool, pretty powerful. Yeah
0: yeah because um, that's the problem that you'll you'll i had to cover up a lot of that in my short last year you know getting a little too close to these sims they start getting yeah. voxely you yeah you know cover it up with a bunch of motion blur you know <laughs> whatever uh yeah anything else uh that was that was pretty good we we did our hour we did more. yeah than an hour. That, it that's flew good. by yeah. yeah it did
1: uh, oh, I guess the one last thing to mention just for fun is uh, Rocket Lasso has its very first intern ever, which is exciting. Um, so got a local. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not. I, uh, his first name is Sterling. I don't know how cool he is with uh, it all being public. But oh, yeah. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's he's freshly out of school and trying to break his way into the motion graphic scene in Chicago. So I was like, hey, like if you want to come and hang out like he's uh, the, our current plan and what we've been doing, what we've been doing for a couple of weeks is he comes over. To the office on Tuesdays, and I do like a big demo for him. We talk about different parts of cinema. I'm kind of throwing him right into the deep end with like mm. motion graphics and fields uh-huh. and whatnot. Um, and uh, and then he he tinkers around, plays around with it while uh, um, you know uh, for the rest of the week. And on Fridays, like we we talk online. So, yeah, it's been pretty fun. You should document that process. Like, I, I
3: think that would be a, a very cool story, like, someone, see, like, learning all the things to become a more advanced cinema artist. Because a lot of the time we see the art and we see the we, – we, we see a tutorial and then we see the final art, but not the struggle in
1: between. I think that stuff is cool. So Yeah. Yeah. So – and a very new experience for me. Like, I haven't taught somebody in person. I mean, we do presentations and whatnot, but right. – I mean, back uh, in early on in my career, the very first thing I was ever doing, like officially, was teaching Cinema 4D in a classroom. So mm-hmm. that—that's how I, I learned a lot of like the missteps and the basic things people can mess up, and you know, kind of how people absorb information. But it's kind of fun to do that on a one, you know, one-on-one situation too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, that's fun.
0: Yeah, appreciate y'all coming on today. Um, yeah, we've got. Uh, Got RocketLasso dot com if you want to check out all things Chris, and all the plugins. Yes, the plugins fantastic, of course. Fantastic plugins, I love them. Um, they're very useful. They're so useful. So yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to Thanks see man. what's to come and uh and then Jags your Jags TV. By the way, yep. I love this site. I hadn't been to the site. Uh, cool. thanks, at least man. in a while i love this this opening shot you got going here with the desk and it thanks man yeah, it goes in un-
3: mostly unreal i have a handful of cinema projects cuz it's all about does the look get the job done for the client but most of it's unreal and uh that's pyro and cinema that was a fun thing that i actually use your tutorial on um vertex maps and um pyro to uh, re- do that box reveal so it nice. was a, nice. a fun project so I'm
0: getting your dice yeah.
1: on yep pretty nerd stuff Pretty, i'm a nerd nerdy dice what's on the screen in the laptop in that chat um oh
3: that's a uh, world of warcraft gameplay i okay me being a super nerd i was just like i'm just gonna throw uh, a wow
1: in there like, it's my, it's, it's hard to tell with my little mini screen here but i was like that kind of looks like warcraft 3
3: Oh, no, it, it wow, I was close 100% about. as well. And okay. I I, I <laughs> literally pulled footage from, like, six years oh, of, like, me getting, like, a 2200 rating, which is, like, a decently high rating in um, in the game. And I just snuck that in to see if anyone who plays uh, World of Warcraft would
0: appreciate that. So, <laughs> Got to get that Leroy Jenkins going. Yeah, I should. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so uh, Jags.tv, RocketLasso.com, uh, make sure that you check out mograph.com. Uh Next week, we are going to, yes, next Monday is going to be our Halloween episode on the 30th. Nice. Um, EJ is already overseas. He will not be able to join us. And uh, Matt will be back from New York and about to leave that afternoon, evening for Europe. And but we are gonna get we're gonna sneak that Halloween episode in somehow. Uh, so make sure you get your Skype ready to maybe call into the Magic Mirror. And um, I'm gonna also do replays after the show next week of all the Halloween episodes. I'm gonna do a couple today. So if you're watching on MoGraph TV, uh, or if you're watching this live stream, it will automatically cut over to uh, the commercial break on uh, MoGraph TV stream afterwards. And uh, after that, yeah, we're gonna play a couple old halloween episodes so so stay tuned on there uh so it will be so it'll be me and matt and david Aryev next week getting our spooky on thanks so yeah. uh make sure you rate us on itunes leave a review podcatcher of choice uh helps get our ratings up we've also got the uh the t-shirts like the MoGraph logo t you can say you've been there done that got the t-shirt i forgot to say that uh, the Paul Bab feel the feel the Bab 2020 shirt, which needs to be updated. But all the profits from that go to Doctors Out Borders. Render Things T-shirt, hoodie, long sleeve tee, Mograph blandishment shirt, and the, that Renderer's Fire shirt, which you're only allowed to wear, ironically, unless you're shams. And of course, check us out mograph.com, mograph.com/slash/tv, mograph.com/slash/live for the show info, and youtube.com/slash/mograph. Jags, uh, jags.tv what you, What's your socials?
3: John Jags Knee Pretty much everywhere. John, John without the H What
0: right about you Chris? Uh, at Rocket Lasso on all the things Cool cool. We're at MoGraph.com all spelled out on all the things and if you want to hit me up I'm either MoGraph Dave or if you're on TikTok I'm Zeta Renders. Z-E-T-A Renders Come join me this evening at some point for a little uh, live DJ set while I practice DJing And come say hi. Send in your requests. Awesome. Cool. Master of Puppets,
1: Metallica. Master of
0: I got plenty of puppets.
1: Okay. (laughs) There you go. Now just Master. Wait, 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 wait. do you mean music puppets or puppet puppets? Yeah.
0: Play Master of Puppets with my puppets. I'll bring Vance along. I got a new I got a new puppet for Australia. That'll be fun. (laughs) Gotta do that, right? Yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. We're going to get out of here, though. I think I told you everything that I need to tell everybody and things. So um, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you on the internets. And um, until next time, I'm Dave. I'm Jax. And I'm Chris. There you go. Have a good one. Later, yo. Bye.